0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, and live from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. This is the one, the only Scary Cast. I'm Dr. John Stamey, and it's so good to have everybody here with us. We've got a great show lined up. It's called UFOs and You. For some reason, this week everybody has had all of our, all of our co-hosts have had a UFO story that they wanted me to post, which of course I did. And I think we're going to have a really entertaining and enlightening show. First of all, I would like to introduce the Surgeon General of Scary Cast, Dr. Trey Donaway. How are you doing this evening?
2: Doing great, John. Thank you.
1: Well, we're so glad to have you here. And Robin and Mark will be here with us. They are delayed with Christmas parties. We know about that. So anyway, Trey, you sent a very, very interesting article, which I would give the A-plus for this show about uh, brain functions and pictures of the brain and everything. Tell us a little bit about that article. Because that is a well, really, you know, really interesting thing.
2: This morning I, I just uh, was looking at news, my news stream, and the New York Post had an article entitled a Look Inside People's Brains Who Said They've Had a UFO Encounter. Well, to back up a second, you know, when we're talking about UFOs, um, people want proof. And the proof people have is usually a photograph or um, a a video or some visual proof, but that's of the craft, that's of the UFO, that's of something in the sky or something that has uh, come down or is in space or that's been all the visual proof. But this visual proof may not be a proof, but it will be some type of evidence is a series of MRIs that were done on people that had encounters with what they claim UFO abductions. And in some of those instances, they found some some changes seen on an MRI. And I never really thought about that. But if someone is physically changed, you know, we've all heard about the Havana syndrome. And this author, uh, Gary Nolan, well, that's not the author of the, of the article But Gary Nolan is a professor of pathology At Stanford University He's published a bunch of research articles Holds a bunch of patents And he's, according to this article Originally published in The Sun He has spent the past decade Analyzing material from uh, Alleged uh, encounters And uh, What his Now, you know, this is, this is the problem when we, when we read reports About a research paper um you you can't just run with one report that was published in a research paper because lots of bad research gets published unless it's gone through a pretty rigorous peer review and it's a and it's a very prestigious article or paper that has been vetted by the scientific community that's where a lot of the misinformation about coronavirus is occurring because somebody published something whether it's true or not, the media runs with it and you never know or you never hear about it again because if it's just bad research, and there's a lot of bad research out there, um, you know, publish or perish. So people are always eager to publish so they can prove that they're using grant money and they're publishing articles and publishing information, but whether it's accurate or not. So again, this is a single article that was written. And it's really hard to tell exactly um, if that is is a verifiable article. But but what it tells me is that if if you do look at brains of people who were exposed to either Havana syndrome and nobody really knows what that is from what I can read, or if it was uh, <laughs> abnormalities seen. Uh, from brain damage from a supposed U, UFO or UAP um, exposure. Uh, so it, 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 evidently his involvement, uh, the, the, uh, the, um, Dr. Nolan's involvement with this, became after he was asked to use blood analysis to help with cases of pilots who were close to alleged UAPs and had brain damage. And they said that uh, if you look at somebody with an MRI, uh, a certain percentage of these folks had some abnormalities that appeared, appeared, from my analysis of it, appeared to be reproduced on other films. Now, I don't know anything uh, about the veracity of any of that, but what I do know, what I can say is that I think this would open up a whole new way of evaluating somebody who claims they had a UFO encounter, and it would be an interesting study to truly do MRIs, which doesn't affect you in any way. It doesn't hurt you. It's not radiation, so it's a fairly painless problem or painless procedure for you. But if uh, science were to evaluate people's brains after they've supposedly had a brain injury uh, from a UFO, it would be interesting to see what that looked like, especially if they had a previous examination of some some reason, uh, then they could look at a before and after. But I just think it opens up a whole new area uh, for research to try to see if if this is more than just uh, happenstance or, more than a coincidence.
1: Well, now, that's an interesting thing to say, because what I have done is I have contacted my doctor's office and I have asked them to send me my MRI results, because I think that's interesting because, you know, I believe that I have been abducted eight times. Therefore, if I had been abducted eight times, or had, you know, some serious time lapses, then, you know, maybe there would be something. So we're going to get those, and I will get those to you, and we can look at them, and you can tell me what you think. Because I I would assume that you, as a surgeon, as as one of the preeminent surgeons in South Carolina, you can certainly look at an MRI and tell if there's something weird, correct?
2: Well, from from the from the description, it's going to be a fairly obvious thing. But being a surgeon with an MRI of the brain, I am certainly not an expert. To, to me, they look like weather maps. So um, I don't know how expert I am at looking at a brain MRI. I think I'd be much more comfortable looking at a liver MRI or a gallbladder MRI. But but certainly from from the description of the New York Post article, now again, that's not a medical journal we're talking about so we don't know we don't know exactly what the truth is here but if it's uh if it's an obvious problem notified to john when you had your mri done i don't think they would have said um oh we we don't we don't see anything there would certainly be something to see according to this type of report but you know, if your if your brain is uh, exposed to some type of uh, uh, of a force, uh, nuclear, uh, radiological, uh, biological, and um, in it, in it it causes some material change in your brain that shows up on an MRI, then that would be an interesting pursuit. Now, but at the same time. At the same time, uh, the article talks about the Chinese uh, space agency that found a tiny hut on the moon and dubbed it a mysterious house after spotting a a cube-shaped object on the far side of the lunar surface. Now, when I read serious science, when I read something like that, which is not founded on any science but rather an observation from one single photograph it makes you worry about the content of the uh, the entire article however however that said I think that would be an interesting study to find people that have claimed to be affected by a UAP or a UFO or have had an abduction and do scans on the brain and uh, see if there's any correlation you could certainly tell what the average finding would be, uh, how often does this show up just in the general public, and then see if it happens at a more uh, increased frequency in people that have claimed to have had a UFO encounter of the very close and personal kind.
1: Right. Well, well that that sounds interesting, and that's something that we can certainly look at, at least with my MRI, and, because I can get that, and I, I, I've been able to order that, and they, they said they'd have it for me to pick up, so... I'll get that to you, and, of course, I'll have a wonderful time at your lake house, and and we'll we'll have a wonderful time. And, by the way, we have the queen of scary cast with us, Robin McRae. How are you doing tonight?
0: I am doing good. Sorry I'm late, guys. had a little bit of technical difficulty on this end, so glad to be here.
1: That's okay. Of course we're glad to be with you. And and Trey and I were discussing a research article or at least a report of a research article about some UFO encounters and brain scans. So it was kind of interesting. So uh, what we were going to do tonight is we were going to talk about UFO observations and things like that. So what do you have for us tonight, Robin? Robin? Pardon? Robert, I you, what honey, what you and
2: I were talking about, what we talked about, is that when people hear about a UFO encounter or a UAP encounter, um, we look for photographic evidence. That seems to be the most common thing. Where it says, "Well, did you get a photograph of it? Did you get a video of it?" But what this right. what this what this article was about was MRI scans on. People that have had UFO encountered is evidently according to this according to this one article which is i don't actually know if this is published in a scientific publication or if it was just a news article um, that there's an increased preponderance of visual changes on the MRI of brains of people that have had a close uFO uAT phenomenon. Which really kind of just changes your perspective rather than looking for visual evidence of the actual uh, Uap UFO, uh, it's you're looking at visual evidence that shows up on an MRI and if it changed uh, the morphology of the brain from that encounter. and if that if that is true, then you would think there would be a preponderance of these changes among people that have claimed to have had um, a UFO encounter of the very up close and personal type. So that's the premise of the of the of the of the theorem behind this. Okay. You know the 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 victim of the UFO abduction may have morphological changes to the brain, which can be detected on um, scans it's at some point after yeah. the encounter. Do you think? Do you think after someone has had that type of an experience, and and I know both you and John have had those type of experiences, did you notice any difference in your mentation and your ability to think in your in your perception? Um, do you, do, you, do you notice anything yeah, I that mean, could be, uh, affected your brain in some way that affected your behavior or your thought patterns? Well, encounter.
0: When I was four was the first time I remembered being abducted. And when I was there, they told me that I had been there before. I don't have a memory of being abducted prior to that, that, but according to the ETs, I was. Um, So in that respect, I don't remember it prior. Now, when I was four, I just remember being placed back at home, and the next day I had no memory of it. Until, you know, weeks later or months or whatever. And then I re- started having these very vivid memories of it. Now, later on in life, as the abductions continued, I would have some memories at the time. And I would remember them in the morning. Other times, and I think it's been more than one um, race that has bothered me. Because the ships have been different looking. Um, One instance in particular, I was actually, and I think we may have talked about this on the show before, I was talking to someone on the phone. I was outside. It was dark out. And I had walked outside because it was a private conversation and I didn't want, my children were home and I didn't want them hearing about a lot of it. It had to do with the Bigfoots and stuff. And so I watched the ship come down and hover off, probably off the ground about five feet, and then next thing I knew, it was an hour and 45 minutes to two hours later. I'm standing there with an empty, with a phone in my hand, and my person I was talking to wasn't there anymore. I called him back, and he said, oh, there you are. I thought your phone died. It went all staticky, and then you were gone, and I tried to call you back, and I couldn't get you. Uh-oh. And mm-hmm. at that time, I felt like I was on autopilot. Um, I got off the phone with him. I walked in the house, and it was like, My brain knew something was going on. My body was not reactive. I walked in, and I remember thinking, why am I not responding? Like, I literally walked in. I said to the kids, has everybody had showers, snacks, and ready for bed and homework's done? And they said, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to bed because my kids were teenagers. I walked into the bedroom and shut the door. I never did that before. That was not something that was normal for me. I didn't go to bed until my kids were in bed. And I was, you know, the mom that walked around and checked on everybody, and I didn't. I just went in, I took a bath, I went and I laid down, I went to bed, and I stayed in that non-responsive state for three days. I didn't really talk a lot. The kids kept asking me if I was all right, and I felt like I was on autopilot. My brain was working. I couldn't formulate a lot of speech a lot of mannerisms, I was non-reactive, but my brain was still thinking and in my brain I was going, why am I not responding? I feel like I'm having this out-of-body experience. And Mm -hmm. three days later I walked in my front door, which was the same door I had come in from that night. I walked in the house, shut the door and it was like somebody flipped a switch and the trance that they had put on me was gone. And I hyperventilated I was running around my house going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I had just taken the kids to school, so there was nobody home. And it was like I melted down. I cried. I hyperventilated. I couldn't catch my breath. I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my God. You know, I didn't know who to call. I didn't know what to do. Did you remember any of that
2: missing hour and 45 minutes?
0: No, no. Whatever went on, it had to have been pretty horrific because I was panicked. I was in sheer panic mode. And in prior abductions, that was not the case. So, I mean, I literally was in panic mode. And to this day, I've not remembered what they did to me. Um, another time... You, Robin, just, I just, was,
2: just, as, just as a follow-up, have you ever had a, a head CT or sinus CTs? Or, oh, absolutely.
0: Um, absolutely, or? because... No, because here's the thing. I mean, I've had ET abductions my entire life. And I was born in 64. In 1993, I had a 28 by 32 pole barn door break off the track and come down on top of my head. I was knocked unconscious. I was in and out of consciousness for two weeks. And multiple head scans, of which I've had seizures ever since. And they never found anything other than... And I had had... Um, MRIs on the brain before because I was diagnosed in my 20s with fibromyalgia, which usually is not diagnosed when you're that young. And they were concerned that it was a neurological problem as well. And they did scans. They never saw anything different. You know, like I said, I'm not saying that that isn't a possibility for some people, but I am saying that was not my case. Um and then, from, so they from, didn't.
2: from what I can read from this article it's it's not a hundred percent. Uh but, but there were a right. number of people with these abnormalities and the what they said, they said is Sure as and the, I believe uh, the possible. author said the author said that if you've ever seen anyone who has had um, um multiple sclerosis, uh there's white matter disease. And see that what
0: they that's what they were checking me for when they did my scans because for I had um, fibro and RA so severe. Mm-hmm. And when they checked my scans, and in the beginning, this was before that particular event, but I had already had multiple abductions prior to this. And at that time, they didn't right. find anything, you know, but I would like to say this on it. Do I think it's possible that there would be something show up on a scan? I do, but at the same time, there's, there's a reason why I say possibly. Um, there's so many hundreds of thousands of races of ETs, okay? Obviously, not all are bad, not all are good, but they all do various different things to you. Now, I mean, I've been abducted by the good ones, I've been abducted by the bad ones, but I do know this they are extremely, extremely careful about making sure that nobody knows that they've done anything to a person. Um, Leave leave no trace. Exactly. So I find it, in one hand, hard to believe that there would be a change that they would allow. But at the other hand, I have to be realistic and say, with all the thousands of different races, it's not what I would consider to be unheard of. So Mm -hmm. I do think there is that possibility, but I think it would depend on what race took you and what was done with you. It's like they have implants, okay? I work with people all over the globe that have been abductees. I have people that have implants that I have actual photos of the x-rays showing the implant. Every time they try to take it out, it moves. I have other people that have implants that they can't get an x-ray on, but yet they were basically awake when the implant was put in. I have a situation in my left ear that I, for years, I didn't know what it was. I really didn't. Um, I've never had it x-rayed, to be honest with you. But when there's a lot of ET activity out and about, if I see UFOs in the, in the sky or whatever, all of a sudden, my ear drains. My inner ear never hurts. It but it drains like um, a weird, milky concentration, and it gets all crusty in my ear, and it drives me nuts because it feels like my, my and ear And
2: Does it drain externally through the ear canal or internally through your station tube? Externally, so you would, it comes it would, right it would, out of It, would, my it ear. would end up inside your head rather than on the outside.
0: No, it goes out. It does if it's draining in okay. I don't I'm not aware of it. It only leaks out, it comes out through my ear and it's like if you were to take your finger and put it where your ear meets your head, that's where it comes from. Right. And okay. I've gone in multiple times and had the doctor look at it and said, Look at I've got it's like a yellowish milky color that's thick in consistency and it comes out and it gets all crusty. Do I have an ear infection? I don't have any pain. But it seems to whatever this stuff is, it irritates the skin in my ear because it literally will make the outside of my ear bleed. And Mm -hmm. I've had it looked at multiple times. None of it is on the inside at all. Um, They've not seen anything when looking at my ear. I've never had an x-ray done of it. But there is a serious correlation with when the ETs are around. Not this past weekend, but the weekend before. I was fine. I got that humming sensation. The drainage started, and within a matter of minutes, I had no equilibrium. Could not walk to save my soul when I tried to walk. I hit the floor. Um, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't that I felt ill or anything. I just had no equilibrium. And right around that same time, UFOs were up in the sky. You know, it, it's very odd. Like I said, can I prove any of it? No, I mean, other than people that are around me that have seen it when it does it and seen but the ETs no, around they, when, here. When, in the UFOs.
2: when you have the doctor look at your ear, the tympanic membrane, the, the the TM that you can see when you're looking in the external exam, that was intact, didn't show any holes in it. There was nothing draining nope. from the tympanic nope. Everything membrane. No, was
0: fine. Yeah, she's, I even had you know, the doctor. Fact um, the
2: fact that you had an equilibrium problem, um, implies be inner ear neurologic brain or the inner ear which mm-hmm. is on the other side of the tympanic membrane uh, with the, with the yep. semicircular canals so uh, very very curious very curious
0: yeah it's very odd very very odd like I said um, and it, it was years before I really realized what it was and the only reason the light bulb finally went on was because it was driving me nuts because of the humming In that ear, and it felt like it vibrated in that ear, and then the drainage would come. And I finally asked one of the Bigfoots. I said, "You know, Brownie's mom is a healer, and I just love her. She's helped me many times." So I said to him, "I said, will you have your mom look at my ear? Because this is driving me nuts. Like I'm not sick. I feel perfectly fine. I have no pain down deep in my ear, and I've tried everything. Nothing is making this." You know, And it it only lasts for two or three days, and then it always goes away. And he said, yeah, I would. And she said, well, there's an implant in there. And I was like, all the implants I get out of them, can you guys get this thing out of me? And Mm -hmm. I felt her trying to get it out, and she said she couldn't. And I've tried to get it out. I can't get it out either. So it's just there. And months can go by, and it'll be dormant, and then let there be lights in the sky or where we think we see an ET out in the yard like we do multiple times and then the humming starts and it's the same thing. It did it in Michigan. It did it here in South Carolina. It's just not changed. You know, I well, mean. I
2: guess, it, I, okay. I, I guess that raises the question is if you've had an alien abduction and
3: mm-hmm.
2: whether you can remember or not what they've done, are there any, um, are there any cardinal signs on a physical examination of someone who has had an alien abduction That yeah. that is uh, frequent, frequent findings? What are, the, what are the frequent findings of um, well, changes like to a human then, body uh, after an abduction?
0: It's the marks, I think, the physical marks. Now, my daughter um, has, I think they've taken her before. She doesn't remember being taken, but she does remember them showing up in her room. And there's a triangular pattern um, where it's like three dots that form this triangle. And it's been on me, it's been on her, it's been on my husband. Um, I've had.
2: Where where do they show? Is it the same place,
0: or is it very usually on the legs or on the upper arm? On the legs or the upper arm. I've only had it and one the time, triangle, on my abdomen. Oh, oh. How far? How far between the
2: points? Is it a similar distance? I want to say about an inch. Very Not also. even an inch.
0: About an inch. Okay. Yeah. The other thing that I've gotten before, and this is kind of bizarre, I know, is I've had on the inside of my thighs handprints of long. Woke up, long, thinly fingers. And generally the one that I've had it happen the most, there's been three, three fingers. The middle finger being extremely long with pronounced knuckles. There's the three fingers and then there's a thumb. And I've had that happen multiple times. Mm. And it's been on the inside of my thigh. So, yeah, I mean, there's been physical... Physical evidence of it, um, other times i'll wake up and I 'll have bruising on my abdomen. no idea why, um, or bruises on my on different parts of my body that are unexplained, that make no sense. I mean it's one thing to think that maybe you know you've bumped yourself in the middle of the night or whatever, but this is severe bruising, severe bruising. <laughs> And generally, at the same time, any of those things happen, any of the the physical marks, um, the dreams are different. And we've talked about mm -hmm. this. I've talked about this on other shows as well. There is a way to tell if the dreams you're having are ET-related. They can imitate people in your past as far as their looks. They can imitate the body movements. They cannot imitate the voices. They just can't. And people will get dreams all the time, and they just think, why am I having these weird dreams? Or maybe it's a scary nightmare or something. And in some of the cases, not all by any means, but in some of the cases, they are actually ETs. They can attack in dream state. They can do just as much damage in dream state. But I learned a long time ago because they were coming at me in dream state as well as awake. And... I finally figured out how to tell if it was them, and is they can't imitate the voice. They just can't. And I did get confirmation on that, Um, so I knew I was right. But what they would do is they would, you know, people in my past from when I was a kid that maybe I met, you know, one time or, or, or a past loved one or whatever, and all of a sudden I'd have these dreams about them that made no sense, some of which could be frightening, some of them weren't but they made no sense. They were just like this bizarre random dream out of nowhere. And then in the morning, I'm completely exhausted, just exhausted like I never slept. And I started taking notes on them. And what I noticed was the movements were accurate, the looks were accurate, but they wouldn't speak. And when they'd speak, they wouldn't look at me. And when they would speak, they would be just the, the fewest words possible. And that's when I finally figured it out. And then there's a gentleman that I've worked with for 9, 10 years now that has been actively abducted by the ETs most of his life, and it was pretty violent. And when I met him, the reason I met him was because I was asked by his uncle to help him, and I did, and I was able to stop the attacks. And give him some peace, and we've stayed friends ever since. Well, then, um, I want to say it's been almost a year now. He contacted me, and he said he was taken. And I said, what do you mean? Like, what changed? Like, all these years, you've been fine. Nobody's bothered you. And he said, no, it's different this time. He said, I felt nothing but love from them. He said, but, you know, you're the only person I've ever talked to about it. And I said, yeah, I know that. Why? And he said, because they told me to give you a message. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, they were specific, the woman that you talked to about us. And basically, they wanted me to know how they set up the abductions, what goes on, how it transpires, and that I was supposed to be this mouthpiece to warn people about what's actually happening. And that people wouldn't believe me, that I would be mocked, I'd be ridiculed, but I was supposed to, you know, forge on and put that message out there so people would be able to, you know be aware of what was happening. The problem is people don't want to know. You know, I haven't really done as much with it as I probably should have. I have just recently brought it up on a couple of different podcasts to kind of see how it it goes. But most people don't want to know. They really don't. And, you know, I'm happy to share the information, but it just, I don't know. You know, it's not something that people are going to believe because they're not ready for it. And you can't stop it. Okay, there's really no way to stop it. Now, I mean, I've been attacked. I've been abducted. um, And you can use energy to fight them off, and that does work. But they they can't imitate the voice.
2: Did they give you a reason for the abductions? I mean, is there a rational reason? We are abducting you because why?
0: Yeah, but most people would never believe me. (laughs) I mean, it has to do with DNA. It has to do with reproduction. Mhm. And you know, it's just really—it's so far down the rabbit hole that people—they just can't wrap their heads around it. And it—I it, wish that they could because this goes on daily. This—I mean, I'm not being abducted daily, but it, they abduct all over the world. I mean, if you go back even a hundred years, our government sold us to the ETs. It's a fact. It's not something made up. Do the homework on the Internet. You'll see it. I mean, even before Eisenhower signed the treaty, there was a treaty signed before that. And basically, in exchange for technology, they were allowed to abduct X amount of people. The the treaty stated clearly, with the first group, and again with the second group, but with the first wave that they did, was that, no harm our government expected them to not harm us not let us remember what was being done but that no harm would come that they were allowed to do this for genetic purposes only in exchange our government got technology and i always tell everybody and everybody laughs at me and that's okay i'm used to it by now but if anybody out there really believes that we came from living in caves with a club and beating on rocks the computers and it was all us, then I would love to sell them swampland in Florida. Because really in the whole spectrum, we are not the brightest of the species. And I don't mean that to be mean or derogatory. It's just realistically compared to what other beings have on the intelligence level, we are not the brightest out there. And there's been such massive jump in technology. It has to come from somewhere. Even though our scientists are highly skilled, We have so many ETs that are scientists that work within the government. I mean, if you just trace it all back. And so that was the first treaty. The second treaty, and this is public knowledge on the Internet. Eisenhower signed a treaty with the ETs in exchange for technology. And there's been multiple treaties signed since then. The problem with the first treaty was the ET group that they they worked with, that they believed were good, were not. They truly were not. And they hurt us. They hurt our people. They objected whenever they wanted to and they did whatever they wanted to do. Now I don't know of the treaties in between that and the Eisenhower Treaty, but I would from what I've been able to deduce, I'm sure there are probably multiple ones. You know, Eisenhower's treaty didn't go much better, but then you look at the Area fifty one situation where they you know, the Ebens had crashed and they had the Ebens and the Evens were actually supposed to be one of the more peaceful races, and they, to my knowledge, never did anything to hurt anybody. That was where they had the Project Serpo, where they took 13 of our people or 12 of our people and took them to Project, or to Planet Serpo with the Evens, and they were supposed to be there for a few years and ended up being there for nine, ten years, something like that. And they, as far as I know, never actually hurt anybody. However, some of the um, archaeopods that did come on the planet were extremely dangerous and we had problems with those but the evens, the one that they had for a few years taught our government a multitude of technology I mean this is all stuff that anybody can check the facts I mean the internet is loaded with them they're just now bringing them out and now a lot of these people that were in the government that were sworn to secrecy their lives were threatened to keep this secret their families' lives were threatened but now they're older and they're, they're, you know, 90 years old or more and they're getting near death or they're sick and they're dying or whatever. They're singing like canaries because nobody was ever allowed to know this stuff. You know, why these particular ETs wanted me to know what they, they told me, I think it's probably not because of anything to do with it being me as much as I just happen to be the person that helped my friend. I think mm-hmm. that's the only reason they gave me the information. I mean, they talked about the ETs that come in and they watch a person from the time they're born, from infancy up. They study them for decades, learning their mannerisms, who's involved in their life, who their friends are, how they react to everything. They learn every single thing there is to know about them. They watch them 24 hours a day, eight days a week. So when it's time to take over, they simply pull their soul off and the the bad ETs go in it And they continue on their merry way. but they. And this is the thing. I had already figured out the part about the voices. I never told that to anybody. I didn't even tell my husband that about the voices. And when this message came to me from my friend, one of the key parts of it said, you'll know because they're voices. They can't match the voices. They can only match the movement. There's no way he would have known that. I told no one. You know, it's just, It's a really complicated world out there. And what we see with our nice rose-colored glasses are really not the reality of it, you know. But like you said, do I think that it's possible that there would be some damage done on a CAT scan that you could pick up? Depending on the race that abducted somebody, I think it's very possible. But they're very careful on how they do things. You know, um, there are good races, just like, You know, we have good people and bad people. There are good races. I've healed some of the better races that, you know, are not threatening or dangerous. And some of them can be quite good. The bad ones, on the other hand, are pretty bad.
2: Well, it would would make sense that there is a spectrum, just like in in humans, there's a spectrum of good and bad. Oh, absolutely. So there's no no reason to think why... um, other beings wouldn't have the same spectrum and, and variation within one race or another race as well.
0: Yeah. Well, that's like I said, you know, I I would not rule out that there would be some type of a a situation on a camp scan just because I it would depend, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth, it would depend on the race,
1: you know, and how right. they put Right. And, and by, the way, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we have our man from Canada, Mark Johnson. He's with us now. How are you doing, Mark?
0: Hey, hey guys, thanks
3: nice to be back on the show. Uh, it's really interesting conversation I just walked into here. I think it's it's cool, and you guys sound like you're really onto something. I just uh, got back from a work uh, Christmas party, but uh, you know I would never miss this for the world. So I'm happy to be back
1: here. Glad to have you Glad here. So, so so Trey and Robin, please continue, and then Mark, we've got we've got to get your story tonight too. Okay.
2: Well, Mark, what we're talking about, there was, a, there was an article in the New York Post this morning that I read that was originally published in The Sun, and this is not a scientific article, but it talks about a researcher who has done uh, brain MRIs, and he's noticed in people that have claimed UFO abduction. Uh, that there are some visible changes on MRI, uh, which is not really what I would think about. I would think about visual evidence of the actual spacecraft or in the sky, but uh, this would be visual evidence from the appearance of someone's brain after they've had a close encounter, especially especially if they had... Um, uh, Similar to the Havana Syndrome, they could hear something, or they could feel the vibration, or they had some physical uh, manifestation that they could detect. And if it's coming from a neurologic basis, based on changes to the brain, then that might be
3: that might be evidenced in a uh, follow-up MRI. Was the nature? Yeah, well, trade court. I understand what you're saying there, and it's interesting from like a scientific background, like empirical evidence. We want to see things that we can measure and see and record, right? But even in my field like psychology yeah. there are like you know dealing with things like the psyche we can't see and record it so we got to look at kind of secondary things to kind of get at the psyche and I think maybe this it's the same way with alien phenomena you're not going to get things so black and white laid out in physical ways because to be honest maybe in a lot of ways their technology is non-physical right so, I don't know, that's just me speculating and deducing, but based on the crafts, I can just disappear And things, like maybe implants and things. Maybe they're so ingrained in our biology, they're just, you can't differentiate the two. Or if you look close enough, maybe you will. Maybe you'll find something. And I think in a lot of cases I've heard of, there have been cases of implants and also regressive hypnosis techniques to get into these alien, alien abduction stories. And I think uh, if you look hard enough, I think you will find it. If, you, if your eyes are open and you're open-minded, I think you will see things from a scientific background. It's just a matter of looking. Well, Robin,
2: that was something that I, I did consider mentioning is regressive hypnotism. If you're hypnotized, you can remember things that you don't consciously remember. But that, that, might, be, um, that might be an option at some time if you're ever that curious to, try to to try to figure out what might have happened if you want to know.
0: Yeah, you know, I've thought about that. I really and truly have because, you know, I, I do want to know. You know, I really do.
3: Did you believe you had some type of experience with uh, ETs, like you were abducted or there were some nighttime visitation or something along those sorts?
0: Well, I already, I mean, I know I have. I, I do remember yeah. some of the abductions. And I've had the physical effects of it as well as the memories of it, but not all of them. Yeah. Um, in fact, one abduction, a friend of mine was there as well. And the next morning I called her and she's like, I was just going to call you. Do you remember last night? And she remembered it as well.
3: I had some mm. uh, things that happened to me as a kid where I wake up to uh, being kind of like a night terror and just when I was really young, I must have only been five, six years old. And I distinctly remember little beings like around my bed, you know, at least five of them there and uh, I couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And somehow I ended up on the floor and I felt like they were doing things to me. And then when they left, I could then move again. I could cry back to my parents, but you know, when you're a kid and you're looking back at memories like this, you know, it's a bit hazy or whatever, but this is one that was distinct. I remember. And ever since I've, Wondered if it was some type of uh, ET visitation along those sorts because It it, I did remember distinct shapes distinct uh, humanoid shapes in my room and And so I could see you know based on uh, Different testimonies of what people have had there seems to be a kind of a recurrent theme, right? It's a recurring theme and there's very a lot of similarities between these Experiencers and I think there's something valid to it. I think there's something else going on here whether they're interdimensional beings whether they're here the whole time, they might just be be on Earth, right? Just like us, but they're outside our perception. They don't necessarily have to be coming from other planets or star systems, although I think in all likelihood there are those as well. But, uh, you know, some of the ones that we deal with directly, maybe I caught the tail end of what you guys were talking about, some of the more malicious ones. You know, there could be ones working alongside the government or the government itself is uh, the lower part of the totem pole of some uh, bad ET things going on too. I don't know. It's you could speculate, you know, in, or try to deduce what what's going on because, you know, my guess is as good as yours. But there's one thing for sure, there's something else going on here. With uh, all the military. Yeah, uh, I mean, testimonies you know.
0: Well, you have like in inner earth, you have various parts of the earth. I mean, the whole earth is, a, is basically a tunnel system and cave system anyway. And so in certain areas, you have good ETS, you have bad ETS all down in inner earth, but they had to come from somewhere. And then You have your, I don't want to say just reptilians because I I think that probably other races do this as well, but especially the reptilians, you know, when they do take possession of people and I've encountered them, heck, I've been attacked by them, um, you know, that literally walk among us and they, people just assume they're a normal person because they look like a person. There are some subtle differences Um, and then one of the abilities I have is I can look at something and regardless of what it presents itself as I see it like let's say it looks like a donkey. I can look at it as a donkey but then I can also see through it where I see what it actually is. Um, Why I have that ability I have no idea.
3: You know in other animals we have decoys right? Like if you're hunting ducks you have these duck decoys and the ducks can't distinguish between a decoy plastic bird and the real thing. Now like you know, an advanced version of a decoy. Maybe there are humans that are aliens that are human that are walking among us, or they're so human-like, but there are still distinctions. And if you know what you're looking for, it maybe just like the difference that you're mentioning, donkey, like a donkey and a horse, or like a tiger and a lion, or something like along those lines, coyote and a dog. You know, they're distinct animals, but if you're not, if you don't, if you're not paying attention to that, maybe they could be walking alongside us, and maybe they have different facial dimensions or whatever. But you wouldn't, if you're not paying attention. You never know, too, right? So I think who who knows. And what, yeah. what and if they're creating hybrid humans and then implanting those in our system, I know that I've heard stories about that working in, like, deep underground bases in Los Alamos or something like that. There, There's some kind of uh, interbreeding going on. And I think that's a common theme in a lot of the abduction stories is there seems to be an interbreeding hybrid program going on with aliens and humans. That I've—that's what I've come across in my own studies on the matter.
0: Yeah, I mean it's—it's it's really intense. It, it really is, and it certainly is not just something really easy.
1: <laughs> okay, that's that's that, that's very interesting, and I guess I was going to go ahead. This is Dr. John. And I wanted to go ahead and talk about my story, a story that came, came around yesterday morning. Uh, there are pictures of apparently a UFO that landed in Mars, and it, like, skidded along the surface, and it stopped. And it was, it was just kind of weird. It was, it was kind of interesting. And, and, of course, someone on Coast to Coast AM, where the story came along said, well, I kind of like, you know, modified the pictures and this and that. And I thought, great. Um, that, that, that was my story. Uh, it was, it was was kind of interesting. It was kind of weird. And, um, I don't believe it. Well, a word John, when
2: they when they saw it, when they, did they see an object skidding along? Because that would require a video feed, and you know there's no,
1: what, what, not what that they many had cameras a, on Mars. It, it was like a Google Earth style picture. Oh, uh, right, of, right, right. Of something that happened, and, and I just don't believe a word of it. I mean, you know, I'm 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 the first person that will say yes, there are UFOs. Yes, we have had all kinds of stuff happen. But when I see something that I don't believe, I'll just I'll just call it out. I don't I don't believe it, and it was just it was just kind of crazy. Um, so I'll just say that you know I didn't believe a word of that. I didn't believe the picture. I didn't believe anything of it. But then we've got some interesting stories that Trey that you you've brought up, and um, you know you're you're trying you're. No, you're I don't mean trying. You were certainly bringing up the fact that we've got to have evidence, and we've got to have good scientific evidence, and perhaps there is a correlation between alien alien uh, experiences and uh, alien experiences and uh, the way the brain functions. And and I can't
2: wait to get my MRI back. Yeah, and abnormalities that might result from some of those experiences where it it does do some morphological change to the brain, which could be seen as, uh, well, you
1: know, evidenced by an abnormal MRI. Right, and so we'll find out because in my book, Aliens, UFOs, and Anomalies, I talk about eight different experiences I've had with lost time, and I really want to know what we find out from because i ordered them, they said they'd send them to me, and uh we'll we'll find out what what we got i'm not afraid for them to say no there's nothing wrong with your brain I'm not afraid for them to say that i'm- a, i'm a, I, you know we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens i was like i don't know. But but I think it's important to take this vein of research and and go with it because at least it it might bring some fruit, don't you think, Trey?
2: Well, you got to figure if you have a, 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 a ten thousand people who have not claimed any alien consequence, and you examine those MRIs, and you don't you you see the uh, the incidence of these findings at a certain percentage, and if you look at the brains of people who have claimed a UFO encounter and do MRIs, and it's a substantial difference between the test studies of uh, the the um, uh, the people that haven't claimed it and the people that have claimed it. Well, then that does give you a lead point to figure out. Well, this is this is a curiosity that. There's a statistically significant difference in fi- identification of those findings of the people who were involved or were not involved. That, that's data. That's That could be real. So any time that I see something that can say this is real or not real, uh, I'd be interested in pursuing that course of study. Yeah. There's
3: different ways, ways of we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, you know, evidence.
2: There
1: different and that makes Sorry. a lot of sense. It really does. and then and and then robin, thanks thanks for your stories about what you have gone through because experiencer studies are very important. and I know and and Robin, I know you'll agree with that, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that whether one person has a thousand stories or someone has one story, they're equally as important because it all puts, just like we've talked about this with the Bigfoot, it's all part of the pieces of the puzzle. And it doesn't even matter if, like per se, an individual, individual has had none, but yet they have an opinion. That's all needs to be brought into that fold as a collective to figure it out. There, There's no right. part of it that is any more important than the other.
1: Exactly. And if you go back to Betty and Barney Hill, the first couple that had an alien abduction experience and they came back to report from it, it's like, you know, what is going on? We've got to examine all of the stories and we've got to see what's going on. And Mark Johnston, what what, what is your comment to all of this? Because you're you're actually the one that, that gave us the theme for this story tonight. Well, in a court of law,
3: right, a uh, big part is uh, testimony, witness testimony, right? And people get thrown away for their whole lives in jail because of witness testimony. So we can't just throw away any witness testimony of UFOs and alien experiences like they don't matter, like it's all in their head, like whatever, because, you know, it holds weight just like it does in court. But that being said, we I think we need more as well, and I think there is more. There Now we're starting to see... Um, things coming out from the government and uh, different countries and military. And, uh, you know, maybe people that were scared to disclose these things in the past because, you know, they were, uh, they would have been, uh, you know, punished for doing so. If you're part of a secret military thing and you disclose some confidential information, then, you know, there's some repercussions to that. But, you know, as time goes on, right, I think over here we've heard more and more about that. That's part of, like, uh, some of the disclosure stories I've heard over the years and as well as, I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary on Bob Lazar. He came out in the 80s with all these claims. He was working for
2: uh, Los Alamos,
3: and uh, and a lot of the things he said at the time, you know, seemed fantastical and ridiculous. But then were confirmed over time. For example, he said that there was this one thing where he put his hand in, and it scanned his hand perimeters of his like bones and his like phalanges and metacarpals or, or whatever. And that's how they scanned into the underground base or whatever. And at the time, nobody knew about this. Well, 20 years later, they disclosed that this technology was actually for a certain type of clearance, for military clearance. That's what was actually used. So as time goes on, there's more verification in stories like that. And uh, kind of there, I think there was potentially a lot of kind of attempted reverse engineering on some of these technologies that either they were found or given potentially. Who knows? It could have been found like as a relic. It could have been a new crash or it could have been something aliens just like, here, take this and figure it out type of thing. And the article I gave you was one of these kind of testimonies where a guy worked, I think it was at Stanford, and uh, there was apparently a bunch of materials he was given that were uh, from a apparent UFO crash, and he was saying that there was some uh, metallurgy kind of uh, artifacts that had, like, really strange qualities to it, like geranium with, like, these weird transistors in them and things, and... And it just doesn't make sense. So if some of these come to light, some of these technologies, it might be the kind of hard evidence we need. Or, you know, people are just going to be always in denial. Like you can show somebody, you know, direct evidence, and there's always going to be people in denial of it as well. So I think it's a matter of the evidence is there. We just have to open our eyes, be open-minded, and dig, dig in, do some research, and we'll see that there's, in fact, something else going on here, whether it's aliens from another planet, or what's going on, but there's something that we're not being told, and there's something like iceberg like beneath the surface. There's a lot more going on than what we know.
0: Well, and I think, too, that in the beginning treaties, it was stated that one of the, in exchange for the technology our government was given, one of the things on our part, in order for, you know, the conditions from the ETs, was deniability. We were Our government was never allowed to confirm that the ETs existed. That was one of the conditions. And that kind of set the precedent for the fact that they're never going to admit that they're here. And this was hundreds of years ago. But our government agreed to keep the secret. But see, now what's happened is all these years later, And you can only keep millions and millions of people quiet for so long. And the government continues to deny it. But yet the ETs are also getting more sloppy because people are remembering. And more people are abducted daily. And then you have the good ETs that just like the ones that gave me the message to make sure people were aware of what was going on. So they want it put out there to protect people. And so all these things are going on, and the, the government now looks ridiculous because they're still denying something that everybody has already, not everybody, but a large majority of people are witnessing. So now they're starting to do these soft disclosures because what do they do? You know, they look foolish for going out and saying they're not there, they're not there, and they're not there. Oh, look at all these videos of them. And people seeing them and coming forward and now we're finding implants and physical, you know, attributes that are showing up on people for them. So what do they do? And so now they're starting the soft disclosures of what everybody already knew. But in the beginning, that's why there was so much deniability. Not to mention the fact that then they have to admit that our government was basically selling us for technology And now they've got to acknowledge that they've lied to us for technology. You know, and it really, and there's also ETs that are within the government. They're out there walking among us. I've seen them. I've been attacked by them. I've had people with me when these things have happened. You know, I got attacked by the reptilian that looked human and clearly wasn't. In Pennsylvania, had my friend not been there with me at the same time, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, this thing was able to walk through a wall into the hotel room and grab me and rip me off a of bed. Had my friend not been sleeping in the next bed over, I don't know what would have happened.
3: Well, you know, from all, from I a, mean... From a scientific approach, huh? like there's experiments that are done that where the people who are part of the experiment... Do not know that they're a part of an experiment right and some of the people who are doing the experiment it's like double and uh double blind studies and whatever so we have these people running experiments who might not even know what the experiment's about and then we ha- might have us that yeah. might be a part of a greater experiment as well so it it might it might be kind of that analogy or literally but as well that maybe there is disclosure going on but it's part of a process they're not just laying everything down at once maybe it's through movies right. and literature and through and through other things and through just flashing and I don't think they maybe can. maybe it's the yeah
0: yeah i just don't think but that may- realistically even if they wanted to put it all out there at one time number one i don't think it's safe because mm-hmm. it's going to create mass panic that the government is not prepared to deal with and two not only in the panic situation but People, the thought to them that this is actually going on and they've been lied to, the anger and the sheer chaos that that would create. There's just for so many reasons that it's one of those things where they're in too deep now. You just can't go out there and spill 100% of the beans. I think the only way that they can do it and have any type of sanity with a lot of people is slow disclosure. Really, I mean, as much as everybody wants the truth, that old saying is you can't handle the truth is very real. You know, there's people that can handle the truth, and then there's people that simply can't. And even the ones that say they can handle the truth, I'm not really sure they can because you're talking about a truth that we may think we know, but for everything we think we know, there's probably 100 times more we don't. And I just don't think that to lay it all on the line is safe for anybody.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense, Robin. And I uh, wanted to say thank you for the, those really important opinions and Mark. And I want to give Dr. Trey Donaway the final word tonight as we close up on Scary Cast. Are you there with it, Dr. Trey?
2: Yes, John, uh, I think what we talked about tonight, it's nice to look for physical evidence. It's nice to have that. Speculation will fill a lot of gaps. But if there is soft disclosure going on, I think we can look forward to years of soft disclosure. And maybe some information will come to light that will confirm, just like in Men in Black, when they say people really uh, have known all along, and, of course, they're they're, – The reference point is the National Enquirer. Uh, Who
1: knows? Perhaps. Well, I guess I can say that they were outside of my business for two years because I I found out some some information that I shouldn't have, so I know that they are are real and uh, don't know what else I can say. But anyway, I wanted to say thank you. We've had a great, scary cast tonight. We'll have another one next. Next week we'll have our Christmas scary cast, and it'll be a lot of fun. We'll probably talk about the Krampus and all kinds of cool things. So anyway, I wanted to thank our, our panelists tonight. I wanted to thank Dr. Trey Donaway. I, th- I wanted to thank Robin McRae and Mark Johnson. And we've had a, a great time, and I wanted to say thank you very much to everybody. And we'll see you next week. Nine PM Eastern on Sunday night. I'm I'm sorry, Monday night. <laughs> we got another podcast Sunday night. On Monday night on Scary Cast. Thanks a lot. We'll see you then. Okay? Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: Bye everybody. Good
3: night.
1: Good night. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What
3: do you do when you win?